This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. going to finish up today the series we've been doing on Consider Your Ways. You know, the picture uh, uh, on the graphic up there has a compass. And it's good to check the compass every once in a while, isn't it? Particularly, you know, when we we come to the intersection like we do here at the first of the year. And we're deciding uh, direction. You know, we're looking uh, for... Uh, what God wants uh, us to do, who he wants us to be uh, in 2022. So uh, we're taking this uh, time. We've, we've completed the, uh, a simple obedience to the faith of, of pressing into God, seeking God with the fasting uh, and prayer. We do that for the first 21 days. The purpose of that is not to get God to change uh, you know, not to change God, but to let God change us yes. uh, and tell us, uh, show us, make it a little clearer uh, to us uh, what he wants, what direction, uh, what he's decided uh, for his will and his way for 2022. And that's a good thing, isn't it? It's okay yes. to pull out yes. the map, isn't it, if you're going on a long journey, 365 days long Long ways, isn't it? Amen. Wasn't one twenty twenty one uh good? I mean it really was. You uh I have to look at, at things and just say, you know, Lord, uh the end was better than the beginning of twenty twenty one. We thank you for all the things that you did. Uh you've been faithful, but also uh we're thanking God uh and trusting God that uh he has better yet yes. for us in yes, 2022. So we're going to continue in Haggai. Uh, it's only two short books. Uh, he, this prophet was sent for one specific um, assignment, and that was to confront and to challenge uh, the people of God, uh, both leaders, uh, governmental leader in Zerubbabel and the uh, Joshua, the uh, high priest, and the people challenged uh, them to consider their ways. And there was a contrast where God says, now, I want you to take a look on the outside, but more importantly, I want to deal with the inside. Because really, the compass is on the outside. I mean, it's on the inside. The, the, and, you know, the landscape is self-evident. He's pointing that out. And he, and he says, now look around, but in looking around, I want you to look on the inside as well. Not just consider the outside, but consider the inside. Yes. And so he's really challenging uh, um, the, uh, the people to change uh, direction, make a decision. And he's bringing correction where the direction is concerned. It's way deeper than just, you know, survival and living um, he really uh, challenges them as saying, you know, you, you're in a position of limitation. And if I had my way about it, uh, I need you to take the limits off of me so I can take the limits off of you. Yes, thank you, Father. Does that make sense? So here we are, and, you know, this is a... a uh, very practical, but also a very strong word. But these are strong times, aren't they? And you're a strong people, aren't you? You know, God knew that uh, uh, that there would be days that we're living in right now. And he chose this particular time uh, for you to be born, for you to live, for you to be a witness for uh, him. So uh, you got the goods. God's with you and, and, and you have his grace is sufficient, isn't it? Yeah. Even if we feel insufficient, uh, God, we can't let our feelings direct our faith. We need our faith to direct our feelings. 
All right, let's read. On the 24th day, this is on the 10th verse uh, through the 14th, second chapter of Haggai, Amplified Bible. On the 24th day of the ninth month, December 18, 520 B.C., in the year, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Ask the priest for a ruling. So he's asking for a decision and decide a question, a judgment call. If a man carries meat that is holy because it has been offered in sacrifice to God in the fold of his garment and he touches bread or cooked food or wine or oil or any kind of food with this fold, does what he touches become holy, dedicated exclusively to God's service? And the priest answered, no. Holiness is not transferable. Then Haggai said, if one who is ceremonially unclean because of contact with a corpse touches any of these articles of food, will it be unclean? And the priest answered, it will be unclean. Ceremonial uncleanness like sin is infectious. Then Haggai answered, so is this people and so is this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so is every work of their hands and what they offer there on the altar is unclean because they who offer it are unclean. Father, we thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit, for your holy word that you would unfold it, that you would unravel it, that questions would be answered today, that as our hearts are turned towards you, that you give us not just information, but revelation. Show us how this applies to our lives, that there might be a transformation. And we ask that all for your glory, sir, in the name of Jesus. And we're careful to give you the praise. Amen. Amen. Now, What he's saying, decide this question, holiness, which he defines as being dedicated to God's service service exclusively, that's something sacrificial, uh, self-sacrificing for God. And contrast that with unholiness or contaminated with self and self-serving. That's the contrast that that he's making here that's of self and for self. Now I want you to consider this. Uh, the Lord is is giving this contrast because, you know, in the world that we live in today, we're called uh, to and called by God a holy people. We're also called to be holy as he is holy. Now, now what he's challenging them here with is saying clean up and clean out. This clutter and confusion. We live in, as they did, a fallen, broken world. Its systems and its values that, that ascribe to twisted truth. The Second Timothy 3 and 2 says this. It says, in the final days people will be self-centered. Lovers of themselves. Another translation says, know this, in the last days times will be hard. You see the world will be narcissistic, money-grubbing, pretentious, arrogant, and abusive people. Self-promoting, personal agendas, mixed up motives. Uh, One uh, also translation says they will be swollen with self-importance, inflated with self-conceit, and self-absorbed, bloated windbags. Well, you know, now listen. <laughs> you know, if you go in the convenience store and they are frying chicken, you may not even be frying chicken. You might have wish went in there and get a Coca-Cola, but when you come back out and sit in the car, Ooh, Lord, you smell like you. You smell like fried chicken. You just got in the atmosphere and the environment of it, and it got on you. Yes. See, we have, we know this, that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not here for the same reason. We're not self-absorbed. We need to be God-absorbed. Yes. God-obsessed, really. Nobody was ever good at anything that they weren't obsessed with. Are you listening? I mean obsessed with, focused on, 
Focus is what we give our time, our attention, our talent, our abilities to. Well, he's really challenged. What he's saying, this, he goes, whatever self-absorbed, self-agended, self-promoting, self-centered people do in my name. Remember Jesus said, many are going to come in my name. said, we cast the devil out. We built the building. We did all this kind of stuff. And he goes, yeah, but you didn't do it for me. You, you got it right. You said, we did this. But we did this for us. You have to be real careful. This isn't... Uh, uh, and when you say real careful, I mean, you know, consider this. Look in, you know, look in, uh, and the best way to look in the mirror is when we look in God's Word. Yes, of course we yes. see God, but my problem is, is that there's some of the stuff that I'm looking at in that mirror when I see me. That's hard to look at. It's hard to look at and consider my ways when I got the evidence around me that, you know, God, how could I be so stupid? How could I make those kind of choices? Well, it boils back down to self. How could I misunderstand and misinterpret so badly? Well, you know, there there's roots in our life from that fallen nature in the fallen world. That you know, have you noticed that if you go out there, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to plant weeds. Weeds are already there. If you're trying to work the flower bed, weeds are already there. And you pull them out and and fluff it and all that stuff, put pretty flowers in, and weeds will still come back again. There is a fallen nature, the old man, the old self-absorbed, self-centered, me, myself, and I, self-preservation above all else, I think I can do it on my own. The mantra of the world, you can do this. Well, that's really what God challenges there. It says all that's of ourselves, that's for ourselves, under our own power, for our own purpose without God, is contaminated. Now, verse 15 says, but now do consider what will happen. So, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes uh, when you're looking what has happened, what is happening, to consider what will happen. Anybody ever been in that position? Especially when you're looking in the mirror and the evidence and the proof is all around you. We have the consequences of our choices. And we have the confrontation that we have and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But let's flip that over. And we also have the condemnation of the devil. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever struggle? I I came to talk to maybe somebody today that doesn't have it all together. Mm -hmm. I came to talk to somebody that, you know, I mean, you see more that's wrong than it's right. I come to somebody that that the bigger voice maybe in, in your life is the voice of condemnation versus the the still small voice of uh, conviction that will tell us the truth, who will confront us certainly. But, you know, uh, if, it's our, if it's our proclivity, that's not a, a you know, fancy word. Well, I guess it kind of is for a country boy, proclivity. Uh, it's our tendency. We, we just slide easy in, in this direction, you know, that we feel uh, uh, bad about ourselves. See, God didn't come to make you feel bad about yourself. He made you come to feel good about him and Jesus and the new you, not the old you. God will always emphasize the new you, not the old you. You know, sometimes God has to talk to me in pictures. And uh, I got the picture. And, uh, you know, I'm going to let Pastor sin. You can jump in here anytime you want. I know that you got a certain mark spot, but it'll be all right. Um, uh I don't know if you've ever hitchhiked before, but people don't do that anymore because no one will pick anybody up. But back in the day, you know, this could, could, this could work if you looked honest enough and sad enough and <laughs> destitute.
instituted now. Well, I got the, I got the, uh, just on the inside, it's like, you know, here's how I felt. It's like, God, you know, I know you told me not to go out. The roads were icy, you know. Uh, and uh, so I took the family car and I went out and slid off the road and wrecked it and sent the ditch. And, uh, you know, now I'm walking and I'm too ashamed to call you. Because you, because now I realize the wisdom of what you said. Don't do that. I did that anyway, and 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 you know. And now you know, man. I'm in worse mess than I've ever been in. And I'm walking. And I'm too ashamed to call you. Let me tell you what grace does and mercy does. When when he heard that you had wrecked the car, which he knew you would. He told you, don't go, don't do it. You're going to make a mess. You wrecked it, and here comes grace and mercy. You know, you turn around, you hear a car coming, and it's him. And he pulls up beside you, rolls down the window. He's got a window like past Sandy, power window. You know, God got power, so he pushed a button. Window come down on, the, on that side. And, you know, thank God, you know, sometimes he had to be like, you know, like turn the front end of the car to block you from your own, keep you from stumbling on in your own self ways. And he rolled down the window and he said, when I heard that you had wrecked a car and I heard you were walking and I heard you were in trouble, I knew I had to come. And help you. I knew you needed my help. And that I want you to know. I, I don't mind rescuing you. I love this. This uh, word again and again. Because you know. Um, you know. I, I've, I've known that God can. You know. That God can forgive and forget. And God can move us on. But it's when I get to the again. And again. And again. And again, are you listening? The devil will emphasize that, won't he? He'll say, well, now, maybe once or twice. Aren't you glad that Jesus told Peter 70 times seven? Which, which, which blew Peter's mind. Because, like, you know, he, he got up to seven. That's a perfect number. Surely, grace and mercy can't go beyond that. And Jesus said, you have no idea. Because when you get to the end of 70 times, of 70 times 7, see, I'm just getting started good. Am I, I come to talk to somebody that, that might be you. That might be where you're at. You know, it, when, we, when, when we're looking in the mirror, we see God more clearly. We also see ourselves, and it might be some things that are hard to look at. Hard to look at. But, but now, he says this, verse 15, do consider what will happen. All right, we're probably all well aware. I am in my own life. I don't know about you. I'm well aware of what has happened and what's happening right now. Uh, from this day forward, before one stone is placed on another in the temple of the Lord. Remember, he challenged their, their priorities and he gave them a new project. He simply said, I need you to come into agreement and alignment with my assignment. I want you to take the limits off of me so I can take the limits off of you. And he said, I want you to consider a comparison of what will happen. Between what has happened, what's happening right now. But what will happen if you get in line with me? If you'll let me uh, give you a correction of direction. If there, after the agreement and alignment with God's assignment. said, so if you allow me to change your heart, your head, and your hand. And we need all three. We, need, we don't need just to change your heart. God, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll do better. And he says, let me change... The, let me pull out that root that you don't like that bitter fruit. Let me pull that root out. Yeah. Let me change the want to in your life. Let me, let me uh, uh, clean that out and clear that up 
uh, for you and plant something new in there. How many of you are ready for God to do something new? Yeah. David said yeah. this. I love that. Uh, David's one commendation from God was this. He was a man after God's heart. That doesn't mean he was like God and that, you know, uh, just, you know, sometimes... Uh, you know, we've said jokingly with our, our you know, with our, uh, um, you know, our grandchildren, different things at one time. If they like this or they don't like that, and I go, bless his darling heart. He's a, a boy after me own heart. He doesn't like that slop. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, David, no matter and he made some twists and turns, some ups and downs. I mean, you know, but God says, but he's after my heart. Even if he gets off course, he looks at the compass and he's after my heart. He wants to want what I want. He wants to please me. See? And see, that's, that's the change of, of heart that God's looking for. Uh, in us, that's the that's the the thing that needs to change from the inside out. But also, I tell you, we have to change our thinking. You know, uh, let God let God change our thinking. God's a good God. God wants only the best for us. God's always trying to get us into position where He can do more, be more, do more in us. For us, but also then through us. Amen. And also, you know, the proof of it is in the pudding, isn't it? What we set our hand to. We set our hand to the plow and don't look back. How many of you have ever looked back thinking, you know, and our words sometimes are stout against God. We say, you know, I tell you, I had it better as a sinner. See, don't let the church and religion lie to you, you know, that this is all a bed of roses and just because you give your heart to God and try to do His will and His way that everything's going to be just wonderful. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. You're going to wonder. You're going to be full of wonder sometimes. I wonder where God is. I wonder why this is happening. I wonder, you know. How many? Huh? Well, but we, we keep trying to find God's heart. Amen. All right, I'll finish up, and then Pastor Sandy's going to go on here. The voice of Haggai says, The Eternal One says this is what he sees when he looks over this people and this nation. Everything they have done and everything they have brought there as a spiritual offering is impure. Now think carefully about your choices from this point forward. Consider th- how things were before you even laid the first stone back upon the other to rebuild the house of the Lord. How did it turn out for you? Were you able to do it? This is the ma- major question that he's saying here. Were you able to do it without me? He said, look at your life. Are you, have you, are you trying to do it without me? That's the original decision, the original sin, the original reason why the whole thing got off course is the devil said you could do it without God. And every time we bite that bait and buy into that and we get into trying to be good enough ourselves, righteous enough ourselves, living out of, uh, out of our own goodness, living out of, you know, our own rightness, living out of our own pocket, living out of our own power, living out of our own strength, See, oh, you deserve it. You can do it. You, you, you know, you, 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 you. That's the world. And all he's saying is, were you able to do it without me? All God's ever wanted was to do life with us. See, us with him, but also him with us. Read the end of the book. We're all trying to get to heaven. Well, you know, we'll, you know, if the Lord tarries, we're going by way of the grave and we're going to get to heaven. But you know, don't get too used to it because he's going to move it back to earth. The new earth. And the, and the end of the story is he said, you need to understand all I ever wanted to do was to be with you. All I ever wanted to be was tabernacling with you. I want to do life together with you. I'm going to take the new heaven and move it to the new earth. Oh my. Might land back in Coosa County. Who knows? 
<laughs> All right. It says, you came to scoop grain and expected 20 measures, but there were only 10. You came to draw wine from a vat and expected 50 measures, but there were only 10. I crushed you and everything you tried to do under your own power with scorching heat, mildew and hail, and still you didn't turn to me. What's he saying there? God, I heard one fellow say this, and, and we went to a, a meeting. It was uh, on financial planning. Christian brother, great uh, uh, great man of God. And he simply said, he was telling out of his own personal experience and how he had suffered some failures. And, um, and, and he was a very successful man. He was a, a, a veterinarian. Uh, but he said uh, he really turned to God. That was a turning point in his life. His failures were a turning point in his life. And he said, he asked the Lord, why? And he said, the Lord said, if I let your kingdom succeed, you will never be open to my kingdom. He said, better your kingdom fail and my kingdom succeed in your life. All right. Everything you there's the challenge. Were you able to do it without me? Everything you tried to do under your power, God, God's saying, I, I'm not obligated to uphold you in that. That's not going to thrive. You'll survive, but you're going to live a limited life. God's wanting us to take the limits off of Him. So he can take the limits off of you. Let me say something very strong here. Now listen, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Don't close your heart, but brace yourself. I mean, you do. are you listening? Because it might be hard to hear. How is it that we feel like that we have the right to ask God to change our stuff without allowing him to change us? Now, maybe mercy should speak up right now. It's your turn. But think about that. Because we need to consider that if God's asking something from us, or if he's wanting to do something in us, it's because he wants to do more through us. And out of our giving and the more of him, that means the more we're going to reach. And what are we really here for? It's about building the kingdom building the family but he can't do that without us and he needs willing obedient people but that's that when we look on the inside there's just some things that need to change but look it's not to hurt us God's wanting to get more to us but there's sometimes stuff in there like pastor said sometimes them weeds are more than what good seed so we got to get the bad seed out so he can get more of the good seed in so we can have more to give out and the more you give out the more you'll receive back in spiritually physically and financially you know so there's just some things that we need to that we need to consider and carefully ask ourselves you know um uh, let me, I'm going to go up here in verse 18. I'll start up there. And this, this part of Haggai, this time we were reading out of the voice. So for those of you that were wondering. From this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the foundation of the eternal one's house, think carefully and ask yourself, is there seed left unplanted in the storage barns? No, but you must be patient. The grapevine and the fig tree, the pomegranate trees, and the olive trees have not borne fruit yet. From this day on, I will bless you. So what he's saying is let's consider our ways this day. Let's look forward. Mm -hmm. Let's press forward. Mm -hmm. We're not standing still, and we're not going back. We need to move forward. We need to ask ourselves, um, are we fruitless or fruitful? Is there my seed left unplanted in the storage barns? Is the seed yet in the barn? But God is saying, he says, no, I've given you. I've already given you my word. That's my seed. So what are we planting? Are we planting God's word? Or are we planting my feelings, my emotions, what I see, what I don't see, what I hear? What I'm not hearing. 
But does it line up with the Word of God? We can never fail when we plant God seeds. God seeds always produce. Now, sometimes we think we got some good things that can produce, but are they God things? Mm-hmm. See, there's a big difference. So God's already saying, I've given you my words. I've given you my word seeds. So for us to produce fruit, the fruit of the kingdom, we've got to be patient, but we've got to plant his words. We've got to plant the words of life, the words of hope, the words of victory, God's wholeness and healing and peace, joy, all of that. What is God saying? Let's plant those words. When you're tempted to say what you're feeling, when you're tempted to look at the checkbook, when you're tempted to look at somebody else and think their life is perfect and then you want to mumble and grumble, just zip it. Zip it. Just don't say nothing. Unless you can say the word of God, okay, then just don't say nothing till you can say his word. Best thing to do at that time is to pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let God help to build you up so then you want to say, no, God, I'm not saying that. I'm not agreeing with that. No, I'm going to agree with what God says because God's got better for me. God's got a fruitful life so that I can reach people for my life. In Second Peter, uh, in the voice translation, um, it says, what was the chapter on that? Did I have that written down? It was verse 9, I'm sorry, I didn't, Second um, Peter, verse 9, I don't remember what chapter, but it says, Now the Lord is not slow about enacting his promise. Slow is how some people want uh, to characterize it, but no, he is not slow, but he is patient and he is merciful to you, not wanting anyone to be destroyed, but wanting everyone to to turn away from following his own path and to turn toward God's. Now, the Lord is not slow about enacting his promise. Slow is how some people, that's how they think. Oh, God is so slow. No, God's wanting to give everybody time. God's wanting to give everybody a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, of being saved and coming into the kingdom of God. What a patient, loving God that we have. No, he's not slow, but he's patient and he's merciful to you and to those around. Not wanting anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to turn away from their way and turn to his way. Why? Because his way is better. His way is full of life. His way is full of victory. His way is full of peace and joy and wholeness. And it's what other people are looking for. And they need that in you and I. Thank God for a patient, merciful God. I know sometimes, you know, our flesh says, hurry up, God, hurry up. You know, but a lot of times, thank God he didn't hurry a lot of stuff up or you and I'd be in trouble. We may not be here, sitting here hearing this word because he hurried up some things and then we ended up getting way, way off the track. Thank God he was patient and waited on us. And sent people across our path. And sent more people across our path. And sent someone else. And sent a lot of people to pray and to intercede for us. Thank God for a merciful, patient God. Amen. And in the kingdom, things grow slow. I look at this, and it takes patience. You know, the next heading we're going to go to is respect the process. Because that's what the Lord is saying here as well. He said... Your life is a process. Your growth is a process. The kingdom is uh, is best described in a in a process. Seed time and harvest. I remember, um, you know, my dad when um, after we had just gotten saved and Dad had had a heart attack and he was in the hospital and uh, I called him. I wasn't sure that my dad was saved. I know that years ago. But we had gotten out of church, but they used to take us to church when we were little. But the church I went to didn't never, no one ever said, talked about being born again. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't hear that till I came to to Alabama. And I thought I was coming for work, but I was the the work that God wanted to do in me. On a job, somebody asked me, was I born again? Thank God for that. 
you may not know why God's directed your steps, but he orders our steps. And, and he, does, he, is, he is very determined to intersect yes. our life with the truth. Yes. A lot of times that truth is in a truthful witness. A worshiper mm-hmm. who is a witness who's committed to doing the work. Thank God that young man Bobby Brown knew that he wasn't just there, you know, uh, to cut uh, uh, metal studs, you know, and to, uh, you know, that's what I thought we were doing. But he was there to do a work for God. And that work was whoever's in front of me, I'm going to find out where's God in your life. Where are you with God? Amen. I remember my dad saying this. You know, as I asked him, I said, well, Dad, are things right with God? Are you born again? He, and, he, and he shared with me, he said, you know, after, after you had left, he said, I went to a church out in a little uh, a, a town near where uh, the farm was out there. And he said, I gave my heart to the Lord. Now, he's, what, 58, 59 years old, statistically. Uh, for a person to uh, come to the Lord and be born again in their latter years is the odds are against that. Statistically. How many of you know but God? How many of you know but God? Don't limit God to the calendar. I got good news for somebody here. You're limiting God saying I'm too old. Don't limit God to your calendar. Get your eyes off of the counter. God's not looking at the counter. He says this is eternal life. Amen. Yes. Anyway, my dad said, he goes, I'm not afraid to die. He said, but he said, I told the Lord. He said, if I stand before you now, he said, I have nothing to show for my life. I've lived it for myself. I have no one to bring. I've not influenced anyone for you. That really comes on down to, you know, and he said, he said, to where we are. He said, he, this is the conversation on the phone. We were too broke. to. I, I couldn't drive up there. I couldn't fly up there. I'm having a conversation with my dad who's in a life-threatening situation. I wasn't I'm concerned. Is everything right with God? Is heaven going to be your home? Are your sins forgiven? Is Jesus your Lord? See, because when it gets down to it, it wasn't like, you know, Dad, how about your checking account? How about your, you know, how about them rifles that you got? Is it, you know, <laughs> are you listening? What's going to happen? No, eternity is the issue, isn't it? There are people listening to us right now. You know, I tell you, do you have to, have to lose all your bricks and sticks and stuff to get your heart right with God? It's hard if you trust in that in all that stuff because that's not going to get you there. You're going to leave all that behind. And when you stand in front of God, what are you going to have to show for your life? It needs to be His purpose. It needs to be what He wanted you to do. It needs to be full of fruit for Him. If you lived it all this time for yourself, let me invite you. Change your mind today. Let God change your heart. He will and can change your life and set your hand to God's purpose. Now, I'll tell you what, what brought me into the, uh, uh, really into the, the moving towards the greater things of God is, you know, once you get born again, it's like then what, there was this sense of His purpose. What God wanted from me. What, what I had become a part of. What was, you know, the, the, the deciding factor for me and being, and the contrast for me was the young man that witnessed to me, he knew God and he knew that God, and he knew God's purpose for his life and he was fulfilling that and I didn't have a clue. I didn't know God. I was just wandering around and bumping into this in one ditch, one mess after another, and I lacked any sense of it, no vision of purpose for my life. And boy, I'll tell you, that was the hook inside of me. I couldn't have told you that then. I didn't know what it was, but it was like, you know, I'm tired of this. There's got to be something more. I don't know what that more is, but that guy's got it. And he says it's God. And God, you know, uh, 
I'm going to believe that if you know if you want me and you can get me that I'm going to have that same thing. Stop all this this you know wandering and wondering and you know aimlessly just you know trying to pay bills and you know not fight with Sandy, not be divorced and not have my family uh, broken up and not go to jail for growing pot. Not, 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 not. I'm just trying not to fail and fall down and stay down. And aren't you glad here comes God in the middle of all that mess? Aren't you glad God still speaks to sinners? Aren't you glad that you and I are the ones that he came for? Oh, he reminded me again today. He said, now, son, you know, when I was walking beside the road, made a mess and too ashamed to call him. He said, you think I only come after those that, are, that think that they're all right? Honey, I come looking for the one that's lost, the one that needs rescue, the one that needs me, the one that finds out they can't do it for themselves. I, I came to help you. And not tell you, you know, God don't have to tell you he told you so. <laughs> you know so when you when you in the you know, oh I shouldn't have I should have listened. Hallelujah. Somebody's listening today. Oh, I tell you never been a better time. You're gonna live in, in your own goodness and your own rightness and your own, out of your own pocket. Let get let God get you right now. Let God get you. You think you're in the worst shape of your life. Don't you understand and know that your worst day can be God's best day? That when, God, that when you're in the middle of a mess, that's the place for the greatest miracle you could ever experience in your life when you give your heart and give your life to God that everything will change from this time forward. Think what will happen today if you pray this little prayer. Let's pray it right now. Somebody somewhere has opened in their heart to God changing their mind I'm telling you God is going to change your life right now say Jesus come into my life invade my heart immerse me in your goodness and your grace I need rescue and I need saving I am a sinner and I accept your grace right now and I thank you I'm forgiven forgive me Lord I thank you I'm forgiven I accept your wonderful offer save me rescue me Give me a new heart. Yes. Give me a new life. Thank Wipe it all clean. Let's start all over brand new. Thank me and you together. Yes, Lord. And I thank you for it. Amen. Yes. Say this, Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Devil, Lord. I'm done with you. Amen. Now, if you meant that, I'll tell you what. Now, God meant it when he said it. Yes. He said, if you believe in your heart that uh, God raised Jesus from the dead and you'll confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. Just that simple. Yes. Amen. And we'll help you all that we, uh, any way that we can. Boy, this uh, uh, new life, there is something else. It's something. And you don't try to do the new life with the old you. Because you're new. Now. You're new. Amen. Pastor, why you do all that kind of stuff? Because, listen, sometimes I have to look over you and look in. And I know that behind that lens, there's somebody. There is a somebody, a someone that, that is looking and listening for some good news. Looking and listening, saying, God, are you real? Because if you're real, I'm going to get for real with you. And boy, when you get for real with God, here comes the real God. You'll find out he's real with you as well. Amen. My dad realized that God was not slow, but he was patient and merciful. You know, you don't want to get to the end of your days, do you? And have lived the higher percentage of your life just for you and your four and no more. You don't want to take a look at your life and when it's weighed in the balance scales that there was, it was more about you than it was about God. The scripture says, well, men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers, more than, than lovers of God. Now, God didn't say you're not to love yourself, but he said, love God first and love and let him love you. 
And in doing that, you'll love who God loves. You'll love what God loves. And you'll love your neighbor as yourself. You're not to hate yourself. You're to love yourself and realize how loved you how loved you are, you know. Don't be self-loathing and self-denigrating. Uh, you know, you're the workmanship of God. You got to look in the mirror and say, you go, Jesus. Boy, you did a good job. I'm the answer to somebody's problem somewhere. Now, Lord, show me who that is today. Run me across their pathway. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, uh, uh, I look out here to see, you know, these uh, uh, folks. Well, look over here to see this young mom and daddy right back here, you know. And uh, you do realize that, that when you when you have a baby, now they're three, not just you and me, but you're the answer to that. Amen. God picked you out specifically. And there's no greater thing than someone call you mama or daddy. Amen. And don't limit it there now. I'm going to tell you what. The Bible says the woman who had no natural children can have more spiritual children than she had natural children. See, you can be, you can be an answer to somebody. People need loving. People need somebody to care about them. People need someone to provide and protect them and show them, raise them in the way that they should go. You're the answer to somebody's problem. And somebody's praying. People with problems are probably praying. I know I, have, I pray when I have problems. How about you? Amen. Respect the process. He said we must be patient. You know, uh, the blessing said be fruitful. If fruit is grown, it's not automatic, is it? Mary said there's no seed in the... Is there any seed in the barn? And it's interesting, he was talking about grain. Because people are interested in just the bread for today. And he changes the subject, doesn't he? He says, he said, no, there's no grain in the barn. There's no more seed for that. I, I, that he said, but, he said, we're going to start talking about fruit that's not born yet. We're going to change the subject. We're going from the grain field to the fruit. The fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree. You know, he calls us, he, he calls us uh, that we are fruitful trees. Another place, oaks of righteousness. He talks about fruitfulness in our life. Amen. You are not here just to survive. You're here to thrive. And I'll tell you, there's fruit. Yet to be born. That we need to have patience for that process. There are people yet uh, to be born again into the kingdom of God. Of whom you will play a major role in that. It's not just about where we are. But it's about where we're going. And that fruit isn't just don't. Listen. This church is involved in missions all over the world. There are, there are fields that are coming ripe right now. I believe America uh, will come uh, ripe again. But, you know, uh, you go out in the garden, you might plant all the tomato plants at the same time. But they don't all turn red at once, do they? Even on the same plant, they don't all turn red at once. We're looking for the fruit that's ready. You pray about people that are ready uh, for your witness and the work of God. It says, from this day on, the bless- expect the blessing. I will bless you. He said, from this moment, I want you to consider what will happen when you, when you prioritize my right project, which is the fruit of the kingdom, bearing the fruit of the kingdom. He said, from that point, that is blessed. The work of God is blessed. And every one of us is called to be a minister. You have the ministry. You're part of Jesus' ministry. Oh, I'll tell you, I used to think that, you know, uh, the platform in the church would be the highest point of your life. Let me just tell you, this is not it. This is not it. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
the greatest the greatest platforms in life are out there in the field, not in the barn. The barn is the rah rah locker room. Now let's go work a field. Amen. The fruit's out in the field. It ain't in the barn. Amen. Now thank God for the ninety nine that are here, but Jesus prioritized the one that's not. And sometimes our life and ministry needs to come down to the one. Amen. Let's talk about the takeaways here. Because you need to get your get your little styrofoam, you know, uh, to go thing out here. Um, don't don't just uh, you know don't just push back from the table and think that that's all there is. Take let's take some stuff away from this today. So some of the takeaways that we want to talk about, um, and we'll, after service is over, we'll hand out. I think my mic is on. It's yeah, it is. Push up. Um, some of the takeaways, and we'll hand those out after service is over. The first one is, isn't it time? Now, a lot of us would say, well, right now is not a good time and for me to do more was, of God. And or, that was the challenge. Yeah, he said, this people challenge. say, it's saying, it's, this isn't the time. It's not the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in the worst of times, yes, that's the time. That's the time now more than ever to pursue God, to go after God to do more for God than you've ever done before, that in the times where it don't make sense, it just looks like you should just sit down, have you a pity party, and join everybody else and just not do nothing. You know, let's just quit God, quit church, and quit all that until things get better. Well, guess what? They will never get better if you don't pursue God. So the first takeaway is, isn't it time? And it's a question, and we need to say, yes, it's time. Now, I also understand though, sin has, <laughs> you know, in our life, you think about this, God picks the most impossible time, mm-hmm. the worst time when you're looking at things just from the natural mm-hmm. and how you feel and what it looks like, what has happened, even what is happening. And then here comes God and he goes, well, I want you to think about what will happen. I want you to start going in that direction. You know, God, I don't got a car. That's all right. Start walking. God, I don't got no shoes. Don't you worry. By the time you feet get the end of the yard, I'll have somebody there with some shoes on. I mean, that's just how God does stuff. God's kind of crazy, you know. Maybe I'll turn over this way. You know God's kind of crazy, ain't he? You know, have you ever had God say something to you? Like Jacob, Jacob was, uh, you know, was was a shyster, ripped off his brother, got in trouble with his, deceived his daddy. I mean, you know, uh, his mama said, "Run for your life, boy. Go to my brother till till things cool down here." The boy gets out there. He lays, uh, and you know, you you he he found a stone for a pillar. Didn't seem to bother him. You know, you got to be pretty stiff-necked and hard to lay your head on a rock and say, that's good. But in the middle of that, God, God showed him he had a dream about angels going up and angels coming down. For they got to go up first with something to God to work with, to come back down for, with God for something for you to work with. We won't have time to preach about that. But God talked crazy. He said, boy, I'm going to give you all this land. I'm going to give all of it to you and your descendants. And, you know, don't you, listen, Jacob's like me, you know, wrecked a car. I mean, just went about everything wrong, made a mess, and here come God says, yeah, but I'm going to bless you. God said, God doesn't change. If you mess up, God's still going to bless. I said, God's still going to bless. If he can get you to acknowledge him and change, and realize, you know, are you hearing Amen? But his time is not our time. In the natural, it's usually, and that's where God gets the most glory. Because then you'll know it wasn't you, it was God. You couldn't do it. It was impossible for you. But it was not impossible for God. How many of you, am I talking to anybody in this house that in answering this question, is it time? You can't just consider natural things. If the 
God spoke his word to you, that word is for right now. We act on that yes. word now. It might take some years for all of that to unfold, but you start, you get a correction for the direction. How many of you have been unwilling to move in the direction of impossible? But God said it anyway. Yeah. Has all of our excuses, <laughs> looking around at what has happened and what is happening, has that changed God's mind? So God waiting to change your mind. Maybe it's us that need to change. I know I take just a little bit of time there, but you know, sometimes we'll stumble over that. How many of you are, are you know, looking at your calendar? God, I'm 63. I won't ask you how old you are. I know you're coming on there pretty good. Still young and beautiful. Uh, how many of you know that, you know, somebody said, well, you ought to be just getting ready to slow down. After all, you know, well, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm at 63. Uh, I just turned 63. But boy, I'm 18 years ahead of most of them boys he called in the Bible. They were 80. Isn't that right? He promised us 120. I read uh, uh, in the genealogies today, there was two uh, in Moses' genealogy. I believe Moses was about the same age. A bunch of them lived to be 137 after God had said that you could expect to live 120. I, and it struck me. I said, you mean God? They just, yeah. The Lord said, yeah, more than they asked for. Well, glory to God. I'm going to just live long and strong. Amen. More than I asked for. If you want to ask for 70 and stay stiff-necked and rebellious and under penalty of punishment that you're limited, see, you can go ahead and believe that and God will help you. Amen? But that's religious. God promised us more. But is it time? It's not time for you to retire. It's time for you to refire. It's not time. God just believes you're just getting started good. Isn't that right? Amen. Look at me, Pastor Sandy. Say it with me. Say, Bruce, you're just a pup. You're just a... You're just a pup. Put your microphone on. You're just a pup. I am just a pup. Amen. Wolf pup. (laughs) All right. Number two. Is there agreement in alignment with God's assignment? That's a question all of us need to ask. Amen. Are we agreeing with what God has assigned us to do? Uh, The third one is... Wait, 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 wait. Is there a difference between an agreement here and agreement here? How about their agreement in the heart and the head and the hand? Yes. The alignment is is out of that good into the into the acceptable and we're aiming for the perfect will of God. Now listen, don't stumble in that you're having to prove that out for yourself. That that God wants that to not just be theoretical or some th- theological thing, but he wants it to be experiential in your life. Is this your life experience? See? And when we, when we move more into that, that, towards that bullseye, see, boy, I'll tell you what now. God says, but you've got to prove that. You've got to prove that, see, for yourself. God doesn't mind being proven. He wants you to prove his good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. He wants to prove, he wants you to prove him in the pouring out of the blessing. He wants you to prove that his word is true. You are the proof and the evidence that God is alive and real. Are you listening? But you can't prove that to anyone else if you won't let, that, let God prove that to you and you prove God in it. Amen. Okay, I won't interrupt you again on that one. Wait right, the the third one. one is, am I willing to be a worshiper, a witness, and a worker? You know, we can say we believe a lot of things, but are we actually doing it? Are we willing to worship God in spirit and in truth? Are we willing to be a witness at all times for him? And are we actually willing to be a worker, not just, quote, at a job, but in the house of God and busy about his business? The fourth one would be, do I trust 
do I have faith in his ability to provide and supply for me? Do I have trust in him? Or is it about what I can do, the kind of job I can get, how many degrees are behind my name, you know, or how special you think you are, or is the ability in God, you know, everything I have is because of you. You know, it doesn't matter where I work or what I'm doing, but if you've told me to be there, then you can bless me because I'm not limited to that. So where is my trust? Is it in his ability to provide and supply spirit, soul, and body, or is it what I think I can do on my own? And if we have to talk a lot about ourselves all the time, where's God? If we get all the credit, well, I did that because I went here and I took that and I graduated here and, you know, I was at the top of this. And that's fine. Those are all good things because God did all that for you. But where is your priority, though? I got all that because of him. That's what we just need to remember, to always give God the glory because we don't do any of this on our own without him. Amen? That's the purpose of our life is to give God the glory. And I'll tell you, God gives... God will get the glory in the things you did right. And God can get the glory out of all the things you did wrong. Because in the end, he said, he would be the one that when we turn to him, he turns what the devil meant for evil. And the devil does mean stuff for evil. The devil wants you to not be a worshiper, to be the worst kind of witness, to not ever do any kind of work for God, but to work for him. And his agenda. But God says, when you turn to me, I'll turn everything, even what the devil meant for evil. You think that your mess disqualifies you. But when you turn to God, your mess puts you as a top priority. When God looks down, he's looking for somebody that's messed up, been tripped up, been screwed up by the enemy and God says now if you'll turn to me I can do something with that and I'll get the glory because all you proved was what a you were but I'm going to ask you to now are you listening you and me together you, I'll, let me prove what a good God I am that I can take somebody like you because there's a lot of somebodies like you and me amen Aren't you glad you don't have to come in here and the perfect will of God is not for you and I to have the perfect pretense that everything is just perfect. How you doing? Oh, I'm perfect. Oh, no. Isn't that right? Or you that think, you know, I mean, Sandy thinks I'm perfect, but she found out. She got up close and realized, boy, that boy, he ain't all he said. Remember what she said? I thought you had money. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't ask how much. All right, moving on. So, but remember, I ain't to, come into all my own yet, darling. Amen. Don't come. Don't compare yourselves with others. Okay, because yes. no job is more important than another, mm-hmm. and no job is least than another. Because God has us all in different platforms of life places of life he's called us all to different things the important thing is are you happy where you are are you happy in what you're doing because then when you can have peace at where you are then god can open up the door for more people for your life because that's what it's really about it's not about trying to climb the ladder unless god told you to climb that ladder you need to climb your ladder for your life and whatever ladder you've climbed if that's the ladder god told you to be at then that you're in the highest place Mm -hmm. that god could ever have you be so be happy there that you maximized the gifts and talents and abilities that god gave you 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 put it to work and you maxim, you let God maximize that. Why? For maximum fruitfulness. Don't confuse that the purpose was not to get the platform. The, plat- the, the platform is to serve the purpose. The purpose was not just to, just to platform ourselves for our own glory. The purpose in the education, the purpose in the struggle, the purpose in the, in the uh, desire to succeed, the need to succeed, and going after that is to give God honor and glory and to realize here I will be a witness for him because it's from God, it's for God. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people, you know, uh, 
you know, they, they, they confuse the platform as being the sole purpose. Now I can say, I, like Sin said, I did this, I'm this, I'm that. No, I'm going to tell you what now. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. In all of our success, to God be the glory. All of our failings, that's going to serve the glory too. Because if I never failed, I could not go forward. If I never failed, I could never succeed. Some of you need to get set free, set free from, you know, failure, regret, remorse, all that. That's part of success. The building blocks of success are failure. So put it in its proper, in its proper place in your life where that's concerned. It's part of your success to fail. You will fail in going forward, but fail forward. You'll find out what isn't, you know, uh, on your way to finding out what is. You got to go through the good, the acceptable, to find the perfect. Amen. And in closing, the last one: um, as we respect the process, then you can expect mm-hmm. the blessing. We just need to believe, you know, believe God and trust Him in what He's asked us to do in the next step that He's asked you to take. And as you do what's required, as we do, then we will receive from this day forward the blessing and the reward of God. And we're not going to close out with the leading uh, people because Pastor already did that earlier, uh, but we want to just say, you know, let's just trust God and let's not look at taking 20 steps. Let's just take the next step. There you go. And then God will help us with the next step. Amen. Amen. We need to go ahead and close. You want to pray? You go ahead and pray. Well, Father, we just thank you, God, today for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, God, for pushing us forward, God, and challenging us. We thank you, God, for lifting us up and holding us tight, God. We thank you, God, that let our lives tell the story of your goodness so that more people will want to know and come to know about you. Let our lives, God, oh, let them tell that story of your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, God, so that it will push us forward to be better, God, to be better so that we can be blessed to be a blessing so that we can have people for our lives. We just want to say thank you, God, today. Thank you for your mercy and your goodness. And thank you, God, for challenging us, God, and pushing us forward, God, so that we can be a better example for you. We give you all of the praise. We give you all of the glory. In Jesus' precious, precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.